Raya. Clark re-enters with the last of them. Eros enters the domed room, basically steps over Apollo, and immediately crosses to me. Cups a soft hand on my elbow, eyes wide with worry. Are you alright? I'm so shocked by how unfazed he is, it takes me an extra second to shrug off his touch. I look past him to Hera, standing at the top of the stairs, her eyes on Apollo, completely unreadable. Hera? I croak out, our argument completely forgotten. But all she does is hold up a finger to me. Has the bleeding been stopped? She asks, her voice clean and clinical. Yeah, yes, I respond. And he has a pulse. Yeah. Where is his bag? She asks. I, I don't know. I don't even know what bag she's talking about. I've barely seen him all day. I mean, it's not like he had one with him when we spoke this morning. And then at the meeting, I wasn't really paying attention to him. The bag. I mean, he's never really been an accessory guy, but should we put him on his back? Char says to Hera as he takes a step towards Apollo, but Hera throws an arm out to stop him. No, no, he could have a neck injury. She says like she's talking about someone she wasn't in love with for half her life. Talc leans in towards the center of the room and says softly to no one in particular, I'm gonna need a little picture painting over here. Clark opens his mouth, but no sound comes out. Uh, we're in a car with a glass ceiling. The walls are lined with couches. And, um... Eros starts. Apollo is in the center of the room, unconscious, but breathing, and he seems to have a head wound, which seems to have stopped bleeding. Um, he also has some pretty bad facial bruising. I finish. But he's alive. But he's alive. I say, eyes glued to Hera, who's still at the top of the stairs. Well, I mean, someone should tell Rebecca ASAP. Why would someone do this? Everyone is silent because it isn't a question of why, but who, because, let's face it, everyone in this room had more than enough reason to do this. I, um, I think we should figure out what happened first, you know? Char says. Well, Persephone, crossing her arms over her chest. I don't think whoever did this needs to worry about coming clean. She finishes, forced breeziness. Yeah, unless they're worried about being patted on the back too hard. Char says, dropping onto the couch furthest from Apollo. Excuse me? Oh, come on, man, we know you know. What do you mean? I ask Clark, turning now to Talc, standing closest to Hera. Eros is in the corner opposite me. Eyes on Apollo, looking at him more like a glass of red wine on a new carpet than the body of his chaperone. Apollo told me you knew. About what? About him killing Iris. 
Talc's usually controlled face gets away from him. His whole head drops with his jaw. What? No, Iris killed herself. No, she didn't. Eros finally says. What were you talking to him about then? Um, the affair? Are there no secrets left in the apocalypse? Persephone chirps. He killed her? Talc stammers. I turn back to Hera, expecting her to react, expecting her to react to this, to, to anything. But she's barely blinked since entering the room. And I suppose they couldn't let anyone find out because he's the father. Also a lie. I need to sit. And Talc careens towards the center of the room. I throw my arm out in front of him before he trips over Apollo. Now that we're all caught up, shall we? Persephone gestures towards the body. Apollo. Apollo's still living body. Clark? Yeah, yes, Raya. Is the door to Rebecca's car locked? Yeah, yes, it is. From our side? From our side. Who locked it? Uh, that was me, Char says. I figured we'd all be safer. All or just you, Persephone says, loaded. I was gonna unlock it before anyone woke up. So, you've just been sneaking around the train? Persephone, what are you asking? Okay, um, did you bash our good friend's symmetrical face in? No. Then where were you, Char? Enough, I say at last. Guys, we're all on the same side here. Can't we just trust each other? I search all of their faces, Persephone, Eros, Char, Clark, Talc, and Hera, and find nothing. I realize then just how much lying we've all done these past few months. Even the lies I was telling Hera just an hour ago, which already feels so much farther away than a few cars. If no one wants to admit it, maybe, we should all just say where we were today. Guys, I try one last time, but no one is even looking at me. Fine, I was with Hera all day. His suspicion throws me off. Um, no, not really. I mean, I haven't seen Apollo since this morning. What about the meeting? Purse throws at me, trying to get me to trip over my story? Are you serious? You think I did this? I found him. Exactly. Look, Rhea, after everything he did to Hera, Eros, and... And we all saw the bruises he left on your neck last summer when he, you know, choked you. Char finishes for her. I didn't hit him. Hera, tell them... But when we all turned to her, she shrunk somewhere inside herself. Well, I can certainly confirm she was with Hera for the last hour or so, and then she didn't even know where this room was. I showed it to her. Silence falls. Char speaks first. 
So, uh, when did you find it, Clark? I, I didn't. I mean, come on. I couldn't have done this if I tried. Then just tell everyone where you've been all day, Arrow says. I was with you, Raya, and you too, Talk. Clark says, turning red. Anyone else, pal? N no, not, not really, he stammers. Persephone snorts. <laughs> and me. Doing what? I nearly laugh at the absurdity of this, even in the face of all the other this going on in the room. I'm just, you know, um, <laughs> just, uh, I'm tutoring him. Persephone croons. In what? Nothing, nothing, she's kidding. So what, you guys are friends? Yeah, we are. He says, suddenly very serious. I'm a little taken aback by it. Look, I haven't been alone since three. I found this place on a map before I found it with Rhea. So you were never in here before just now? Yeah. Me neither, Char says quickly. I've been in my room since the meeting. Except when you scurried up here to lock the door. Yeah, except then. How come none of us saw you? Because I walked on the outside of the car, Persephone. At this, everyone stops a little. I needed the air. It's freezing outside. Look, I've been having these panic attacks all day. Eris has seen them. I, I, the cold air was nice and I didn't think running into you would make me feel any better. It seems suspicious. Well, Persephone, if you want to talk suspicious, let's hear about your day. What did you do besides have a secret hair braiding session with Clark? Char spits, but Persephone is unfazed. After we hung out in the lounge car, I went back to my room in the caboose. There's no way I could have gotten all the way up here unnoticed. Unless you went outside. Which I didn't, Char. These windows are about four and a half feet off the ground. Would have been pretty easy for you to duck. Try not to be an idiot. I'm fucking pregnant. A tense moment. How about you, buddy? We all turn to Talc. Talc, Char adds. Oh, I've, I've been with Clark for a bit. Uh, spoke with Rebecca briefly before that, and then spoke with our man himself here before being interrupted by Hera. If my sister hears this, she doesn't acknowledge it. But honestly, I had no idea this room was here until just now. Your turn, Hera. Persephone says stupidly. Does she look like she did this? Look, she had more motive than anyone. Well, her and... We all look to Eros. I've been alone pretty much all day. He says, even more stupidly. Eros, that's it? Yeah, that's it. I didn't do it, but I guess I've got no way to prove it. God, can you give a shit about anything for once? Well, we better get our story straight before we get to Winnipeg, because people are going to wonder what the fuck happened, Char points out. 
Unless they don't know anything happened, Eros says. What do you mean? I ask. We could leave him in his room, say he's like napping or whatever. He'll die, Persephone says, trademark snark gone. So, Eros says, impossibly casually to a room full of people investigating the attempted murder. He looks me in the eye. I mean, it'd be kind of fair. After what he did, which he's never going to get punished for. Aren't we above that? Char says, rising to his feet. I'm not. If he wakes up, one of us could get in serious trouble. Even though nothing we did here is as bad as what he did already. Eros, Rebecca can't hurt us, I tell him. You think you spend a lot of time in the lab now, Rhea? Imagine how much she could justify if you were dangerous. They'd do it. They threatened to do it to me, Persephone adds softly. And if he dies, I mean, who's really gonna miss him? Hera. When I was 19, we had a particularly cold winter, the kind where it feels like the air isn't just chilling you, but ruining you, where you feel the cold sink into every pore in your face, fill it like cement, never to feel warm again. We didn't live in the bricks like Rhea. There was a dozen of us, so we lived on these blocks. It was a little less classic, a little less cool. Rhea would have hated it. I lived maybe two of these blocks away from Apollo, a two-minute drive. Not in the snow, snow which had become about as common as the dodos since the climate changed, at least where we live. The snow had kept us apart for a whole day. Insane by our standards, but probably for the best as Apollo had the flu. But despite the freak weather or his fever, he was convinced he could make the walk to see me. I tried to convince him not to, knowing he didn't even own a single pair of shoes that would make it possible. He'd be better off in rollerblades than his clean Oxfords or leather loafers. I promised him if he appeared on my doorstep, I wouldn't let him in. He asked when that rule would officially go into effect. Just as I started to say immediate, there was a knock at my door. I hurried downstairs and yanked open the door to see him, or the only part of Apollo that wasn't bundled up. He pulled his scarf down a little so I could see his smile. I shook my head and led him upstairs. He immediately climbed into bed and allowed himself to succumb to his sickness in the way that only men can, once comfortable and ready for sympathy. He curled up, laid on his side away from me. I felt the snowflakes on his forehead melt with the heat of his fever. Am I going to die? He asked, joking. You should have listened to the doctors. That's exactly what I was doing until they said I couldn't see you. I got up, cracked a window open. You're going to freeze, he mumbled. Well, then you better move over, I said, wrapping my arms around him. You're going to get sick, he whispered. Oh, I think you infected me a long time ago. You're lucky I like the symptoms, I responded. He kissed the hand closest to his face, and we lay there for a long time. Everything about his warm body and the soft sound of his sleeping, breathing, telling the world outside it had no business here. That's what I'm thinking about. 
as I sidestep a fragment of his tooth and try to kneel next to him without touching the dried patch of blood behind his head. In some ways, he is like that memory now, and in others, he's nothing like that. Even the person he was this afternoon had nothing in common with that boy. I want to see that cruel, manipulative version of him, but all I can remember is how small he looked. The feeling of his feverish lips on my hand, the way his chest moved when he laughed, curled up on my bed. He isn't supposed to be here like this. The bloodied Apollo is supposed to exist only in my head, in a room separate from the boy with the flu. He isn't supposed to be real, and he isn't supposed to be here. Hera? Reyes says softly, but I don't move. Everyone go to your rooms. I bark, not taking my eyes from Apollo. I don't hear anyone move for a moment. I'm not leaving you here, and I'm not leaving him tonight. I turn to my sister now, dead serious. She nods. Talk clears his throat. <clears throat> this has been a shock for everyone. Why don't we go to our rooms, except for you, Hera, and Rhea. We reconvene at dawn, decide what to do about Rebecca then. We need to tell her so we can stop, I say, but no one responds. They just exchange anxious looks as they descend the stairs. Except for Rhea, who crosses to the opposite end of the car and settles in. Clark. If there is one thing I've learned about Eros in the past 18 hours, it's that he has the ability to chew gum really, really loudly. It's one of those things that is so unbelievably noticeable. I can't believe it isn't the second thing people say about him. Oh yeah, Eros, one of the last viable men on the planet, chews gum like a cow. Maybe it wouldn't annoy me if I wasn't trapped in a small box in a tin can shooting north with him. A tin can with a murderer in it. Attempted murderer. Apollo isn't dead. Yet. I wasn't able to look at his face. It was too horrible. Instead, I concentrated on his hands. They looked much the same as they had a few hours ago in the lounge. When they clenched at his sides, nails digging into his palms like his words into Persephone. I was amazed to see that side of him, up close. I'd of course heard about it from everyone and knew he was capable of far worse, but there was something scary about how much he delighted in being so nasty. I stare out the window. So small compared to the expanse of glass of the domed car. But I don't think I'd go back there if you paid me. I wish I hadn't been so scared. I wish I could have just been as brave and confident as I'd been acting with Rhea. More like Eros. How he entered the room, completely unmoved by the crumpled body of his companion of ten years and immediately knew to go to Rhea. Kind of fucked up to do that, really. He can't jerk her around like that. I should say something. Not, not to try and fight him or anything, but because Rhea really can't take that. If I really wanted to pick a fight with him, I'd start with the gum. Hey, Eros. I start before turning to him, but I stop. He's on the bottom bunk, which I let him have because I could tell he wasn't psyched to be rooming with me. But now he's curled up as close to the wall as possible, 
legs folded into his chest. He's only taking up about a fourth of bed, which is impressive because it's so small. I can't make out his face and his body's completely still. You'd think he was asleep. If it wasn't for that fucking chewing. Eros, you all right? Yeah. He says quietly, with no emotion. How could he not be affected by what happened? He's been close to Apollo, at least physically, since he was 13, even if he didn't like him. Seeing like, that must be hard. Pretty insane. Yeah. He turns onto his side. Now I can see his saucer-sized eyes, emitting an entirely different kind of brightness than a weak lamp in the room. He looks so sad and confused. You know, when I left the UK, I had to leave everyone I knew behind. Even people I thought I hated, I... Who do you think did it? I'm a little surprised both at the turn of the conversation and the fact that he's ignoring my attempted consolation. I don't know. I was kind of consumed with the logistics of the... He snorts. Really? When you snapped those lights on and saw him like that, the first place your mind went was in who? No, I say honestly, trying not to feel stupid. Do you think everyone was telling the truth in there? I thought, I think it must be Rebecca. Her door was locked from this side, and Apollo didn't do that to himself. That only leaves us. I don't know if we know that yet. Heat prickles a little in my cheeks as I realize if he's correct, someone must be lying. Besides, I don't think anyone would... Everyone had a reason to want him dead. Could have been whatever the fuck was in the bag, Iris, him cheating, just his fucking tone, or something that hasn't even occurred to us yet. Fine. If you're in the mood to jump to conclusions, let's lace up your trainers. His brow furrows. What? I I'm just saying, who do you think did it? He pauses. Don't know if I want to tell you yet. What? He shrugs, turns back over on his side. You started this. Well, I've changed my mind. Because you don't trust me. I'm the only person who was with someone else when he was found. He'd been there for a while. Well, as I said, I was with Tot before then, unlike you, who claims they were alone, but... Now he sits up, not angry, interested. But what? But... Here we go. But you've got quite a history of lying about your whereabouts. It's silent. I know immediately bringing Iris anywhere near this is a mistake. But it's true. If he hadn't lied, the whole thing might have been solved before anyone else got hurt. You know they tortured me for days on end while you and Rhea were running around in the woods with Rebecca, right? I feel the intended sting of guilt, but hold my expression. I think I've learned my lesson about lying. He promises. Then why are you keeping your time with Persephone a secret? Because it has nothing to do with anyone. You mean Rhea? Don't want to shock you, but it isn't all about her. Then why won't you tell her? 
I don't want her to know how sad I am and how fucking angry I am at her. He's shuddering with anger now, his hands gripping the sides of the bed. Maybe I should give you a few minutes. I think you should. I pass by him, place my hand on the door when he stops me. What's on your ass? Excuse me. I turn back to him. You've got... He gestures to my behind, and I feel... Great. Fucking great. Gum. It's gum. Thanks. Thanks a lot. I say, for the first time all day, he becomes aware of his incessant chewing. Pauses. Where was the last place he sat down? He asks slowly. I clear my throat. <clears> throat> Where we found Apollo. <laughs>